I stand before the church this day and raise the warning voice. It is a prophetic voice, for I shall say only what the apostles and prophets have spoken concerning our day. It is the voice of Jesus on the Mount of Olives, of John on the Isle of Patmos, of Joseph Smith during the mobbings and murders of Missouri. It is a voice calling upon the Lord's people to prepare for the troubles and desolations which are about to be poured out upon the world without measure. For the moment we live in a day of peace and prosperity, but it shall not ever be thus. Great trials lie ahead. All of the sorrows and perils of the past are but a foretaste of what is yet to be, and we must prepare ourselves temporally and spiritually. Our spiritual preparation consists in keeping the commandments of God and taking the Holy Spirit for our guide, so that when this life is over, we shall find rest and peace in paradise and an ultimate inheritance of glory and honor in the celestial kingdom. Our temporal preparation consists in using the good earth in the way the Lord designed and intended, so as to supply all our just wants and needs. It is his purpose to provide for his saints, for all things are his, but, he says, it must needs be done in his own way. There is a common axiom among us which states, a religion that cannot save a man temporally does not have power to save him spiritually. If we cannot care for our temporal needs in this world, how can we ever succeed in spiritual things in the world to come? Thus, speaking of temporal things, of lands and houses and crops, of work and sweat and toil, of the man Adam eating his bread in the sweat of his face, the Lord says, If you will that I give unto you a place in the celestial world, you must prepare yourselves by doing the things which I have commanded you and required of you. Then he commands both the Church and its members to prepare and organize their temporal affairs according to the law of his gospel, that through my providence, saith the Lord, notwithstanding the tribulation which shall descend upon you, that the Church may stand independent above all other creatures beneath the celestial world, that you may come up under the crown prepared for you and be made rulers over many kingdoms, saith the Lord God. The Church, which administers the gospel, and the saints who have received the gospel, must be independent of all the powers of earth as they work out their salvation temporally and spiritually, with fear and trembling before the Lord. 
Be it remembered that tribulations lie ahead. There will be wars in one nation and kingdom after another until war is poured out upon all nations and 200 million men of war mass their armaments at Armageddon. Peace has been taken from the earth. The angels of destruction have begun their work and their swords shall not be sheathed until the Prince of Peace comes to destroy the wicked and usher in the great millennium. There will be earthquakes and floods and famines. The waves of the sea shall heave themselves beyond their bounds. The clouds shall withhold their rain, and the crops of the earth shall wither and die. There will be plagues and pestilences and disease and death. An overflowing scourge shall cover the earth, and a desolating sickness shall sweep the land. Flies shall take hold of the inhabitants of the earth, and maggots shall come in upon them. Their flesh shall fall from off their bones, and their eyes from their sockets. Bands of Gadianton robbers will infest every nation. Immorality and murder and crime will increase and it will seem as though every man's hand is against his brother. We need not dwell more upon these things. We are commanded to search the scriptures where they are recounted with force and fervor, and they shall surely come to pass. It is one of the sad heresies of our time that peace will be gained by weary diplomats as they prepare treaties of compromise, or that the millennium will be ushered in because men learn to live in peace and to keep the commandments, or that the predicted plagues and promised desolations of latter days can in some way be avoided. We must do all we can to proclaim peace, to avoid war, to heal disease, to prepare for natural disasters. But with it all, that which is to be shall be. Knowing what we know, and having the light and understanding that has come to us, we must, as individuals and as a church, use our talents, strengths, energies, abilities, and means to prepare for whatever may befall us and our children. We know that the world will go on in wickedness until the end of the world, which is the destruction of the wicked. We shall continue to live in the world, but with the Lord's help we shall not be of the world. We shall strive to overcome carnality and worldliness of every sort, and shall invite all men to flee from Babylon, join with us, and live as becometh saints. As the saints of the Most High, we shall strive to stand independent above all other creatures beneath the celestial world. Our only hope is to free ourselves from the bondage of sin, to rid ourselves from the chains of darkness, to rise above the world, to live godly and upright lives. Relying always on the Lord, we must become independent of the world. We must be self 
reliant. Using the agency God has given us, we must work out our own economic and temporal problems. We are here on earth to work, to work long, hard, arduous hours, to work until our backs ache and our tired muscles knot, to work all our days. This mortal probation is one in which we are to eat our bread in the sweat of our faces until we return to the dust from whence we came. Work is the law of life. It is the ruling principle in the lives of the saints. We cannot, while physically able, voluntarily shift the burden of our own support to others. Doles abound in evils. Industry, thrift, and self-respect are essential to salvation. We must maintain our own health, sow our own gardens, store our own food, educate and train ourselves to handle the daily affairs of life. No one else can work out our salvation for us, either temporally or spiritually. We are here on earth to care for the needs of our family members. Wives have claim on their husbands for their support, children upon their parents, parents upon their children, brothers upon each other, and relatives upon their kin. It is the aim of the Church to help the saints to care for themselves, and where need be, to make food and clothing and other necessaries available, lest the saints turn to the doles and evils of Babylon. To help care for the poor among them, the Church must operate farms, grow vineyards, run dairies, manage factories, and 10,000 other things, all in such a way as to be independent of the powers of evil in the world. We do not know when the calamities and troubles of the latter days will fall upon any of us as individuals or upon bodies of the saints. The Lord deliberately withholds from us the day and the hour of his coming and of the tribulations which shall precede it, all as part of the testing and probationary experiences of mortality. He simply tells us to watch and be ready. We can rest assured that if we have done all in our power to prepare for whatever lies ahead, he will then help us with whatever else we need. He rained manna from heaven upon all Israel, six days each week for forty years, lest they perish for want of bread. But the manna ceased on the morrow after they ate of the parched corn of Canaan. They then were required to supply their own food. During forty years in the wilderness, the clothes worn by all Israel wax not old and their shoes wear not out. But when they entered their promised land, then the Lord required them to provide their own wearing apparel. When there was a famine in the land, at Elijah's word, a certain barrel of meal did not waste and a certain cruise of oil did not fail until the Lord sent again rain on the earth. 
And it is worthy of note, as Jesus said, that though there were many widows in Israel, unto one only was Elijah sent. We do not say that all of the saints will be spared and saved from the coming day of desolation. But we do say there is no promise of safety and no promise of security except for those who love the Lord and who are seeking to do all that he commands. It may be, for instance, that nothing except the power of faith and the authority of the priesthood can save individuals and congregations from the atomic holocausts that surely shall be. And so we raise the warning voice and say, Take heed, prepare, watch, and be ready. There is no security in any course except the course of obedience and conformity and righteousness. For thus saith the Lord, The Lord's scourge shall pass over by night and by day, and the report thereof shall vex all people, yea, it shall not be stayed until the Lord come. Nevertheless, Zion shall escape if she observe to do all things whatsoever I have commanded her, saith the Lord. But if she observe not to do whatsoever I have commanded her, I will visit her according to all her works, with sore affliction, with pestilence, with plague, with sword, with vengeance, with devouring fire. O God, our Father, wilt thou grant us peace and security and safety in the days of tribulation that shall come like a whirlwind upon all the earth? Wilt thou hedge up the evil powers and open up the way before us, thy people, that as individuals and as a church we may stand independent of every creature beneath the celestial world. And wilt thou enfold us everlastingly in the arms of thy love, and finally, wilt thou save us with an everlasting salvation in thy kingdom, for all of which we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.